Hello and welcome to Female Leaders Podcast. This is the first of the episodes of Series 2. I am really pleased to introduce this next guest today. I'm actually going to let you introduce yourself, but I have to say before you do, since we were speaking, I am so excited to talk to you because I think you're really going to help me today. And I almost feel as if I'm representing everybody listening because all of the stuff we're going to talk about today, I suffer with. So this is going to be more like an eavesdrop of a conversation. Fantastic. Anyway, Lisa, welcome. Thank, Thank you so you. much for your time and for joining us. Do you want to tell everybody who you are and why you are here? Sure, absolutely. And such a lovely introduction. And um, you're absolutely spot on. Do you know, I'm going to talk about people pleasing today. And it is a topic that comes up constantly all the time. And I have been a people pleaser. Every client, every just about every person I know has elements of being a people pleaser inside of them. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic. So just to introduce myself, Lisa Phillips. I'm known as a confidence coach and I was probably one of the first confidence coaches. I started my business 22 years ago and really my business primarily, I was living in Sydney, Australia, but moved back to the UK a couple of years ago. I help people feel good. It's not just about confidence. It's really what I do. I help people just feel the best that they can, getting rid of some of the old beliefs that we might have about ourselves but do it in a way that's sort of aligned with who you really are and so yeah really pleased to be here amazing and you know I think the thing is as well everybody is a people pleaser and it's how you deal with that isn't it so I'm really excited to explore that today and also when people visit your website you have done an enormous amount of work in lots of different parts of raising people's confidence Mm. their bravery their courage which is why I was really 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 excited to bring you on today and I think this is going to be so uplifting just even just a few tips and tricks for people to take away and absolutely well let's just talk about people pleasing for a start because it is such a common thing that you mentioned and I think People talk about people pleasing and they have this maybe idea that I'm a people pleaser because I'm not assertive. And I think it's fair to say we struggle being assertive, a lot of us. We don't like conflict. Absolutely. I know many of us sort of run away from conflict. And, you know, over the years when I've been working with people, including myself, let me just say as well, I was a born people pleaser. One of the things that just always comes out to me is why. And I think that's really important to understand why is it that we like to people please? And what I mean people please, I mean putting other people's happiness before our own. I mean saying yes, you know, when we'd really want to say no. And I often give that example that it's Saturday night, let's just say, and it's a bit nippy and you're lying on the couch with your pajamas on maybe, especially when you get to, to my age, you're a little bit older. And you're really relaxing and then your friend rings you up and she's like, should we go out? Let's go out. And nine times out of 10, most of us will go, oh, all right then. And then we'll regret it afterwards because we don't like saying no. We'd rather please other people than actually please our cells and I think that's really sometimes getting to the bottom of people pleasing people pleasing is more about we want to be nice people we want to be seen as particularly women we want to come across as nice girls we don't want to let anybody 
down. We've got this fear of upsetting people as well. It's almost like, oh my God, if I say no, am I gonna upset my friend? Am I gonna hurt my friend? Are they gonna be upset? So what we actually do, we will literally say yes to other people and we say no to ourselves because it is, it's that fear of being liked. It's that fear of upsetting other people. It's that fear of, oh my gosh, you know, what if they go away and talk about me because I don't do what they want me to do. And, you know, that really comes leading me on to that confidence of being yourself as well and having that confidence to be able to say no to other people and be okay with it. You know, that is so important. I don't know if that resonates with you about some of the reasons maybe why you might feel like a people pleaser. Well, do you know, I'm one of these people that have sort of learned the art of assertion from having two older brothers. Right, fantastic. I don't do it brilliantly. So what I do is I say no, and then I live with this constant... Oh, guilt. Guilt and like this neuroticism of I've just stood up for myself and now I feel really bad. I should have just said yes. Yeah, I'm on the other side. So common. Okay. It's so common that people, you know, I might work with a client and we talk about this people pleasing and then they often say, yeah, but I did it. And then I felt good for five minutes. It's like, oh my God, I did it. You know, I'm changing a bad habit. And then it's like, oh yeah. What if they're upset? What if they don't like me? Oh, should I have just said yes? What will happen? Will they talk about me behind my back? And it's those feelings, those feelings of guilt, we get so uncomfortable with it that it's like, oh, I should have just said yes. And then, you know, we could even end up bringing our friends back or we could end up then going back into the people pleasing behaviors because we're not comfortable with the guilt. It's so common. You know, I was just talking to a lady this morning and she is one of the directors in a company and she says, I want to leave early on time. No, she's got a couple of kids and she wants to be able to, you know, five o'clock, get out of the office. But when she actually does it, when she actually goes, right, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave on time, I'm going to get home. She says halfway down the road of getting home, she's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. What's people going to think? And then it sort of scares her and she'll sort of say, oh, I should have gone in. I should have stayed later. And then the next time she ends up staying later at work. So it's a really good example. What you've given there is sometimes we return to people pleasing habits because we feel so guilty. And is it living with the guilt rather than sort of being able to say no and leave it? You kind of think, well, actually living with that sort of inner critic, you know, because yeah. a lot of women I speak to have got this imposter syndrome and it's that little voice in there. Absolutely. Told you, told you you're rubbish, told you you yeah. can't, you, you know, you can't do that. And what's really interesting is then when it really resonated when you said about the, the lady that wants to leave at five. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally work all hours and I'm a single mum and I really wow. want to have that time with my daughter. Yeah. But there's always something comes in at four, half four. Yeah. And I can't turn it down because I know that I, you know, I want to please my clients, but I also don't want my team. So I then carry it. But then actually what happens is I really resent it. That is. And I get angry and I really cross. This is the pattern of people pleasing. This is, you're absolutely giving a great example. The pattern of people pleasing is, yes, I know I want to do it. I know I want to leave early. Okay. But then. The guilt kicks in, and this is important because we don't want to sit in the guilt. 
Okay. Now, the reason we don't want to sit in the guilt is we make the guilt mean something. That's the problem. Okay. We feel guilty. So let's say you do feel guilty and let's say you leave work on time. Okay. And then the guilt comes in. What do you make that guilt mean about you? You know, do you make it mean that um, I've let my team down? Do you make it mean I should have done more? Do you make that guilt mean of I might have upset anyone or I might have lost a client? That is the problem. The guilt itself isn't a problem. It's what we make the guilt mean. So I don't know if you've got an example. What do you make it mean? What do you make your guilt mean? That I haven't put enough in because I'm a real real workaholic. So if I leave at five, which is everybody else's normal time, if I leave before eight o'clock on a night from this office, then I haven't put enough in. But actually, there you go. Yeah, is that I need to be saying, well, have I put enough into my family? Absolutely. So it isn't the guilt. It's what we make the guilt mean. That's what we don't like because we turn on ourselves. I haven't done enough. I should have done more. I've let the team down. I'm worried about what people might think if I leave on time. So the guilt goes, makes us go back to how we should be. But, you know, what about if we celebrate the guilt? What about if we can say, in fact, change the word guilt to uncomfortable and sort of go, oh gosh, this is feeling a bit uncomfortable. I've actually left work on time. But say to ourselves, that's a good thing. I'm taking care of myself. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first, but I'm actually taking care of myself. I deserve to leave work on early. I've done enough, okay? I've already done enough. So, you know, when we look at it even more then, it isn't really the guilt that's the problem. It's the fear that you have not done enough. Okay, that is the issue. So I often say to people, celebrate it. If you stop people pleasing, if you leave work on time and you feel guilty, call it the uncomfortable. Call it the, oh, I've definitely changed a habit. I'm doing all right. I'm supporting myself. You know, don't fear the uncomfortable. Don't make the guilt mean something negative. Make it mean something positive. And then it just feels much better on yourself. You know, it really does. We're not sort of beating ourselves up. We're supporting ourselves, which is so important. And then we break the cycle. Give yourself permission to let people down. Give yourself permission to have done enough. And oh gosh, that even feels uncomfortable even saying that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so isn't it funny? You know, it is about that saying, I don't have to please everyone else. I can please myself. It is okay to leave at five o'clock. It is okay. I've got a family. It is about being able to sort of say, look, I'm important. My family's important. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to choose to do what I want to do. And If something does come in at five o'clock, it is about being able to say to yourself, I've done enough. It's okay. You know, an emergency on somebody else's part does not constitute an emergency on my part. And then be able to say no or whatever it takes and then walk away and support yourself. And that's the bit we're not very good at doing. Yeah, That's the bit that frightens us. All evening going, could have just done that by now. Could yeah. have just done that by now. Yeah. yeah. So when you're not in the thing. moment, it's not being in the moment for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So being able to say, oh, what am I doing? Oh, hold on. 
I'm beating myself up. Why am I beating myself up? Oh, because I think I should have done more. And then being able to sort of go, hey, I've done enough. I'm really done enough. I'm doing great. You know, really, it's okay. It's okay for me to put myself first. It's okay for me to spend more time with my family and give yourself that permission to please yourself. I'm going to do that tonight, Friday night. I'm going to get to school. I'm going to pick up my daughter and we're going to please ourselves. I'm going to say that she gets in the car. She'll, she'll think I've gone bonkers. But, but it's so important. And, and, you know, you mentioned a good point, the resentment. And again, I mean, I'll, I'll just use a, another example of, let's say, you know, let's say you did plan a nice night tonight with your daughter. And then somebody rings you up and says, can you look after my kids for the night? And because you're a people pleaser, you might go, oh, well, go on. Okay, then I'm staying in, they're going out. And then all of a sudden you've got a house full of kids. And who do you resent? People yeah. going out and having a nice time. Yes! You <laughs> resent them for even asking you. And I've done that. You put me in this position. Uh, yeah, that's it. And it, does, it makes you laugh, doesn't it? Because I've done it so many times. I'm a bit of an introvert, you know, even though I'm a confidence coach. And I find myself, people want my time all of the time. And, and you know, if I give it, I end up getting really angry with them. Because I might have wanted a quiet night in. And all of a sudden the phone's ringing, but I'm the one that's picking it up. But if I pick it up, people please, I put the phone down. I'm like, how very dare they? You know, how can they ring me up? So we get resentful. So people pleasing doesn't make you feel good. That's important. It doesn't. But also if you don't pick up the phone, then you go, oh, you have that thing in the back of your head again. Wonder what they wanted. Oh, they're going to yeah. think I'm a really bad friend. Oh, I better ring. I don't want to ring the back. Oh, you better because they won't like you. And you absolutely. And there's the whole spiral again. <laughs> so the people pleasing is just the manifestation of the feelings that I need to be liked. I need to do more. You know, everybody's different, but I can't upset anyone. I can't be selfish, which is yeah. ridiculous because other people require you to be selfish. So. It is really about what I talk about caring about how you feel. And you've got to care about how you feel. You've got to put your feelings first. And what that means is if somebody calls you up at night to do something, you've got to ask yourself, first of all, how does this feel? And if your body goes, mm, that's usually a good sign. But you want to ask yourself, you know, if I do this, how is it going to make me feel? And if it makes you feel good, fine. But if it makes you feel, oh, I'm going to feel tired because I want to do this or I'm going to feel resentful, then care enough about how you feel to be able to look after yourself first. And that is the thing. It is the thing. And I guess, you know, in theory, everybody will be listening to this going, yeah, okay. And then go, well, I don't know what words to say. What, what can they say you know and that's a really good thing as well because we often feel like oh my god what if I just say no I can't be no I can't say that that's really aggressive so get some really simple I don't know my, my, my stepdad's very good at that I'm just, oh is he no. yeah <laughs> and Do it you works to expand <laughs> no you don't have to that's the thing you don't have to so very simple things you can do is let me think about that and I'll get back to you that gives you time okay nice. that gives you time or i'd love to be able to help you with that but it doesn't work for me 
I no, like I can't help you with this. I hope you find somebody else. I've got something else on this evening, so I'm not going to be able to make it. And usually I've got something else on. It's my own self-care. So they're yeah. great. I like those because you're actually not saying no and pushing them away. It's just not now. Yeah. And it's self-care. And it's important to know if somebody pushes and says, well, come on, go on then. Stand by yourself. You don't have to justify. You, you know, this is another thing we do. We go into long explanations. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'd love to be able to help you out, but then the, the mother-in-law needs this and the, the dog's thrown up and then I need to do this and then I do that. And before you know it, you've told them your life story as an excuse to why really you could just say no. So you don't have to explain yourself either. You can just say, hey, no, you know, this, it doesn't, I don't feel like it tonight. That sounds, I hope you have fun, but no, not for me tonight. Brilliant. So actually, do you know, that's for people, what I would consider, and I'm putting inverted commas, around healthy relationships. Yeah. There was obviously last, the last series we did, the last episode in series one, we were talking to a domestic abuse survivor. Yeah. And obviously these are really unhealthy relationships. So it's really difficult. I know you were in a abusive I was, absolutely. You know, I've had uh, some experiences of it as well. It's really hard because it's more than what goes on for yourself, isn't it? So you're people pleasing because actually yeah. you're one person pleasing. So let's just chat about that. How can you identify and, and sort of use some of these sort of tips? It's, for a, anybody who's in a toxic relationship, okay, and I do also have first-hand experience in this because I was in an abusive relationship for over seven years, it is always going to be difficult to stand up for yourself because a lot of what's happening in an abusive relationship is often you don't like yourself that much anyway, or fundamentals of a lot of toxic relationships including my own is the fact we don't value ourselves okay so we don't love ourselves enough to insist on a healthy relationship and often that's because we don't know how do we know unless we've been in or we somebody's shown us what a healthy relationship is so a lot of our own beliefs about ourselves are not very good either so we often believe that we've got to do what other people want us to do we often believe we haven't got the right to speak up for me it was i had the belief i was unlovable i had the belief that i was not wanted okay so when we look at perhaps the beliefs that females in particular and males may have in a toxic relationship it will be very difficult for them to stand up for themselves because if they cared about how they felt in the first place, they may not be in that relationship in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And, it yeah, does. And, and often I know in my personal situation, I feared something bad happening if I did stand up for myself. It wasn't safe, okay? So you learn very quickly in an abusive relationship to just do what the other person wants you to do it's because of physical safety or emotional safety. So it's very interesting. I mean, I, when I was in my relationship, I, I literally was such a people pleaser because it was easier. And I didn't know I had the right 
it's really interesting you know it's all about your belief in yourself if you don't think you're lovable then you won't stand up for yourself if you think you're lucky that anybody should be interested in you you're not going to rock the boat and does that manifest in all relationships around you then so it's not oh gosh yes yeah yeah absolutely look the way that I like to work is I work on the premise with my clients is that basically everything that's happening in your life right now, okay, whether it's an aggressive boss, whether it's a toxic male, whether it's a, even lack of money is down to the way that you feel about yourself. So literally, if you believe that people don't respect you and you have got lots of people in your life who don't respect you, then unfortunately, you take yourself with you wherever you go. So it will manifest in areas. It is, absolutely. So, you know, if we go back to toxic relationships, if you believe you're not good enough, then unfortunately that also, wherever you go, which could be the workplace, which could be relationships, you're always going to have that feeling, you take that feeling with you of not feeling good enough. And so how can somebody that identifies with this, I mean, I think everybody's got a little bit of that in them. Oh, yeah. And like I say, you know, everyone I speak to that, you know, whether they, a lot of people are starting now to say, yeah, no, I have imposter syndrome. You know, there's so many times that I am in a place or in a conversation and think, why am I here? You know, why is anybody wanting to listen to me? Absolutely. You're worthy. Yeah. But actually it's that, it's that step further than that, isn't it? How can you grow to love yourself that Mm. you start to recognize self-worth? And I'm guessing that, you know, external forces are a huge part of that and who you surround yourself with. It's really interesting you say that. What I'm starting to see, which I love, is women coming forward and saying, actually, I don't like myself because I think for so long we've pretended Okay, we've been carrying around or wearing a mask of superwoman or professional or or stuff. And inside, it is almost like overcompensating for feelings of not feeling good enough. Okay, so we become successful and things like that. And what I'm seeing now, which is beautiful, is people having the honesty to say, well, actually, I've got all of this, I've done all of this, but I still don't like myself very much, or I still don't feel worthy, or I still don't feel good enough. And it is a journey. It's a very interesting journey. And it just starts with the willingness to actually look within and to be able to sort of go, okay, start to identify your beliefs about yourself. And that's the sort of work, a lot of the work that I do with my clients and really being able to go, you know, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So caring about how you feel. I think most of us will acknowledge that's the time we often change is when something horrific happens and we go, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel this anymore. But that's the breakthrough. That's saying, I don't want this anymore. I want to feel better. And then it really is looking at why don't I feel worthy? What am I believing about myself that makes me feel that I'm not worthy? Where did my programming come that I'm now still believing that I'm not worthy? And that's where it starts, to be quite honest. And then from there, it really is a beautiful journey of getting rid of some of our old toxic programming in a very easy and very sort of nurturing way and being your own best friend and you know really beginning to say to yourself you know I realize that that feeling of unworthiness is down to some programming but it's not who I am 
because every single one of us is worthy we're all fantastic we're all amazing we're all good enough but we just have a lot of spam beliefs and where um, do they come from is it nature is it nurture is it trauma you know what is it because you i tell you the one thing actually we talk a lot about it comes up every single episode social media because you constantly look at this beautiful life that people like to show yeah and and we're starting to see a lot more authenticity coming through people going actually you know this is the picture i took but actually this is the carnage behind me yeah and lockdown is allowing us to sort of see people's lives you know behind the screen but actually social media i think is yes there are all these sort of nature nurture but social media is really it's that comparison piece and you just it just makes you even more shit about yourself doesn't it does it absolutely and and it is good to see that authenticity but actually it really starts a long time before that and in the when i talk about this in my work i mean i like to think as human beings when we're born we're born feeling worthy we're born good enough we're born loving ourselves but what can happen and you know no blame on parents here but what can happen is when we're growing up literally we soak in other people's stuff okay so what happens is we don't have a filter as a small child we're like a sponge basically we just believe everything that we're told let's say for an example and i'll just use an example of my own programming here as well let's say that my mum i've got an older sister and she used to say to me oh why can't you be more like your sister or your sister's the she's always so tidy and you're always not or I always used to see my sister having lots of great boyfriends and then I'd hear my mum say, well, you know, you're the clever one. You're not the pretty one. Now, as a child, we make it mean something, okay? And we only have to hear something four times. But as a child, we will soak that in because we're like a sponge and we make it mean something. And all this happens sort of unconsciously. So, for example, when I heard those messages, I made it mean there's something wrong with me. I made it mean I'm not attractive. I made it mean that other people were better than me. Okay, now again, this happens on an unconscious level, but it creates like a wound. Okay, plus the fact it creates like a new neural pathway in our brain now of being, you know, not wanted, not good enough. And the problem is, as we grow up, we take our wounds with us. We literally take every single wound with us and we're constantly trying to almost heal our wound. So I'll give you an example. If for me, having a wound of not lovable. So I would constantly try and find relationships that made me feel lovable. I would constantly be seeking approval from other people in order to feel lovable. Okay, but those experiences are like a sticky plaster. It doesn't last because they'll, as soon as they leave, I don't feel lovable again. So it really is, real healing is about learning to heal your own wounds and really sort of give yourself that love that you didn't get when you were younger. But just going back to social media, it's just another example perhaps of when we see this illusion on social media if we've got a wound already of i'm not good enough then seeing all this on social media is really going to trigger that 
you know, when we see these perfect lives, when we see these airbrushed people and stuff like that, if you've already got a wound of I'm not attractive and then you see it on social media, that's just going to reinforce your belief that you had in the first place. So, no, it doesn't help, but it is, I love, you know, I love the fact that actually women are becoming more raw and are just be able to say, I actually feel shit about myself today. And somebody be able to say, yeah, I don't feel good enough either. And, you know, somebody say, well, I lack confidence. And it's real. It's real. And it allows us to, to share our wounds and heal, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm still learning to do that. I've got to be honest. Brené Brown uh, was a pivotal moment for me about that whole just stop trying to be perfect because it yeah. is that always, you know, excellence, good enough. You know, you don't yeah. have to be perfect. But actually, I think I need to drill down that little bit more because I think that does drive some of that behavior of always seeking. I mean, it's great for clients, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, it's not great for us and it's no, not it's great not. for the people around. And, you know, and, and you've got to sometimes come off that treadmill and say, I'm just having a break. <laughs> Absolutely. And that sort of perfectionism and that sort of approval, again, you know, if, and again, we're not, I'm not blaming parents, but if you didn't get the approval you wanted as a child, maybe for some reason, you know, and we only have to hear something four times, we make it mean perhaps people don't approve of us. So that wound is active. So what do we do as adults? Oh my gosh, you know, I need to get approval. I'm going to try and work hard so I get approval. I'm going to be a perfectionist. I'm going to be absolutely perfect until we're seeking approval all the time. And it's exhausting. It can be really exhausting. So the key is to approve of yourself because you're, yeah. al you're already amazing. And yeah. that's where the healing starts. Well, it's really interesting because it was only when I got, I like you, of, you know, I mean, I think everybody's got that one thing that to use your phrase, you, you make it mean something for you. Yeah. And I think mine is that fear of rejection. Yeah. That's and that's why one. I always try to over, overperform so that I don't get rejected. And actually, if I think I'm going to get rejected, I fall on my sword. Yes. Before absolutely. anybody else can do it. I'm like, well, if I, I'm going to do it before you uh, do it. Absolutely. Yeah, that again, thank you for your honesty <laughs> on that because it's really <laughs> lovely to hear because I too struggle with that rejection thing and again you know if we've got a rejected wound maybe you didn't get the part in the school play maybe when you were at five years old somebody rejected you we've got this wound of I get rejected I get rejected so we try really hard not to get rejected but if it feels like we are and we're super sensitive to it. If it feels like someone's going to reject us, it's like, well, I'll get there first. Yeah. I'll do it first. Absolutely. I'm going to dump him before he dumps me. And, you know, we've all done it. It's and you're seeking, you're almost seeking this certainty. I mean, it's really interesting because COVID for me has made me, I mean, I've had no choice but to live with uncertainty, as we all have. Yeah. But I have been known because I, I want that certainty so much that I'm not going to get rejected or that things are yeah. nailed on, which in life, that isn't, that isn't the case. Nothing is nailed on, but I have to have it. Now, actually, if I see uncertainty ahead of me, I cut my nose off to spite my face. Do you, what are you yes. doing? Certainty. <laughs> Brilliant. So what sort of thing? What, what are you what doing? What is that all about? Yeah. Well, again, if you think about that certainty for control freaks it can yeah. often be <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got to get it sorted out i need to know where everything is everything's got to be in a box i need to know that everything's okay i need everything to be certain then i know i'm okay yeah and then all of a sudden oh my gosh there's no uncertainty so i'm not okay 
So I need to control everything and put it back in its little box and then I feel okay. But the issue with that sometimes, again, is we're trying to control everything. And sometimes it's better to leave it open and sort of go, oh gosh, let's see what else could happen. But I love it. Thank you for sharing that. But, you know, the rejection one, that was so one of mine. And I was so sensitive to it that only somebody had to look at me the wrong way. And I was like, oh, they rejected me. And I, I remember when I first started my business, I used to set out a newsletter, you know, one of the MailChimp. And if, if somebody unsubscribed, oh my goodness, I wanted to go out and stab them. It was hurt me so much. <laughs> it's true. It is. It was like, how come they've rejected me? But then again, I realized, what am I making rejection mean? Yeah. That I'm not good enough, that I'm not loved. And it could just be they have a thousand emails in their inbox and they're just trying to cut it down. Absolutely, which most of us do every week because I subscribe to so much stuff and then I go, oh, I'm going on a mission once a month and clear them all again. But it's yeah. what we make it mean. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's re- it is. It's funny. And actually, I think it is only at this sort of middle age and I'm watching my daughter grow up and I think actually, you know, I think it's time to be honest with myself that, you know, I am a control freak. I do have imposter syndrome. I seek certainty. I'm sure that there are other people, you know, and actually it doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Beautiful. It means you're human. What if we could say, yeah, I've got imposter syndrome and it's okay. Oh, that always feels so much nicer. Or say to ourselves, yeah, do you know what? Sometimes I don't feel good enough, but it's okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay yeah. as I am. You know, that, that's liking yourself. That's yeah. self-love rather than going, oh my God, I've got imposter syndrome. There's something wrong with me. I, yeah. I, must, I need to fix myself. Oh my God, you know. I went through that in my 30s. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we do, don't we? I still go through it sometimes. Oh my God, I'm wrong. I need to be fixed. I'm broken. I read every book this summer, yeah. even on like down days where the, you know, the, the sort of child in you still rears its head and you crap, you crap. But actually now I've got to this point where I just think, Oh, I just can't be bothered. And actually, I think that this is a middle-aged thing. You know, you just stop really kind of going, yeah, they don't like it, lump it. Yeah. And you know what? So much nicer. I use this simple, very, very simple adage whenever I'm talking. And I love this. I like to think that every morning when we get out of bed, so let's say you get out of bed in the morning and instead of putting your slippers on or whatever you do in the morning, you get into a canoe. All right. Oh, I love this analogy. I I love this. I've seen this. You must share this. Yeah. Because it really works for me and everybody else. So if you just want to visualize that when you get out of bed in the morning, you get into a canoe and it's your own canoe. And the canoe can either go upstream or downstream. Now, most of us get into our little canoe in the morning and we start regurgitating yesterday and we get up and it's like we wake up and it's like, oh my God, oh my God. Then we look in the mirror and we go, oh my goodness, look at this state of me this morning. And then it's like, right, okay, I've got to get to work. Oh gosh, I've got to see this person. Oh my goodness, I've got to get the kids off to school. I've got to get this done. I don't like this person. Oh, I hurt somebody six months ago. You know, I don't forgive myself for this. And most people get up in the morning in a very, very upstream way. And what I mean by that is think about it. What happens when you take a canoe up a stream? It's hard work. It's a struggle. You don't get anywhere. You go round and round and round in circles. And it doesn't feel good. 
And most of us, that's how we live our lives. And that's where a lot of serious anxiety and depression comes in as well, because we, we're stuck upstream. We've been stuck there a long time. So most of us spend 50 weeks upstream and then we go on holiday. It's like, yay, <laughs> two weeks downstream, <laughs> you know, fantastic. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to be nice to myself. I'm going to have fun. But really what we want to do is every morning get into our canoe and go downstream. Downstream's easier. Downstream's fun. Downstream's trust. Downstream is knowing you're okay. Downstream is being nice to yourself. And if that means saying to yourself, you know, I've got imposter syndrome, so what? It's still downstream and it's so important and i use that adage all the time to just remind people the 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 fruitlessness of an upstream life because it doesn't feel good whereas a downstream life well that's what we all deserve we deserve to feel good you know we deserve to have a life that feels good and i I find the stream quite useful because if i feel myself going upstream Let's say somebody's annoyed me. Okay, so I feel myself getting upstream. I'll just say to myself, well, there's no point. It's okay. Just, it's okay. They are who they are. I am who I am. But it, it's about caring enough about how you feel to say, I'm not going to live my life upstream because it's exhausting. I don't get anywhere. I'm struggling. Um, so I'm going to choose a downstream life. Oh, I'm going to have this on play every night when I go to bed. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I love it. It really re- resonates with me. And, you know, bringing back to the people pleasing, if a friend rings me up now and says, do you want to go out? I say, no, nah, it's not on the stream. Off you go. <laughs> Make light of it. Yeah. That actually, then you don't feel guilty yeah. because yeah. you've left laughing together. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking after me. So. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that is, that's great. I, the, what great tips. So for people that are, um, God, this crazy world we're living in at the moment. Mm. So those people that are still locked down, still very frustrated, yeah. it's heightening a lot of people's upstreams and downstreams, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. You know, the downstreams are really downstream. Yeah. They've done every job around the house and everything. Yeah. And they've made the best use and the kids all look great and they've all trimmed each other's hair. And, you Love know, it. It's like Little House on the Prairie. And then there's those of us that are going upstream every day. Yeah hair's a mess kids are a mess plates are crashing all over the, yeah we're not spinning them anymore what would you say to, because people I think are at their wits end aren't they now yeah do you know you're really at the moment because we've stopped doing what we normally do we're not rushing around so much as well what's happening is a lot of healing is happening a lot of emotions are coming up to be dealt with but using the example of the stream downstream is what makes you feel good So any advice I'd give to anybody right now is just try to feel as good as you can. If that is cleaning, clean. If it's lying in front of the TV, Netflix, do that. If it's reading a book, do that. Don't worry about what you're doing. Worry about how it's, well, don't worry at all, but how it's feeling. And I think if we can get ourselves downstream and being okay, even if the house is a mess and you're rushing around, being okay if everything's perfect in the house, just being okay. Whatever you're doing, it's okay. 
and get yourself downstream acceptance because I, I don't know about you oh my gosh I've been on Facebook there's people who have oh my god they've done so much oh my I'm like oh my gosh they're baking I mean I wouldn't know where I don't even know where the oven is to be perfectly honest I know where the microwave is but they're doing all sorts of oh don't make that mean anything don't make it mean that you need to do it Stay on your own canoe, stay on your own stream and do what you need to do. But most of all, just be kind to yourself. Kind really to nice. Yeah. Every single person that comes on that stair parting gift, just be kind to yourself. Absolutely. And talk it to yourself like you talk to your friends. Or even better, talk to yourself like you would a small child. I mean, you've got kids. How old are your kids? My daughter's 11, nearly 12. Beautiful. Very, came, very impressionable age. Yeah, absolutely. But if she came running to you and said, Mum, I don't think I'm good enough and people reject me, what would you say to her? Oh, I already say it now. She says it now. And I say, don't be so ridiculous. You're the most amazing person in the world, you know, and you're not perfect. And I don't want you to be perfect. But what you are is just amazing and good enough. So can you say that to you? It's uncomfortable. Yeah, because you're more likely to beat yourself up. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. So treat yourself like a small child because there is a small inner child inside of each one of us. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally going to have this on repeat. Oh. I, I'm sure that this has helped so many people because actually I, I'm really, you know, open about who I am. and, and, and It's lovely. But actually what it does is it encourages other people as well to go, oh my God, it's not just me. Thank you so much. And Absolutely. And that's why it's great to have shows like this on because when I work with clients and they come in and they might say something, I'll say, yeah, it's okay. A lot of us feel like that. It's, a, it's that, oh, I'm not on my own. Yeah. So yeah. being vulnerable allows, gives permission. You mentioned this earlier, gives permission to other people to open up and be vulnerable. So, you know, thank you for having shows like this. It's amazing. Yeah. It is. And, and, and for me, you know, the driving force is that you just see women quite isolated with how they feel. And I think yeah. by opening up and more people opening up, it sort of builds that community. And then hopefully it gives women that bravery to tackle some of the challenges that are stopping them going forward and achieving what they want, whether that is stopping the people pleasing, whether it is going for the job, whether it is going for the next child, going for baby four, because they want to rather than what yeah. society say is beautiful, right, you know, all these different things women have got their own ambition but just somehow just stop themselves and it is it's about saying we're all in the same canoe yeah, canoe absolutely and there's mainstream remember there's not just your stream there's mainstream out there that keeps telling us how, what we should do how we should behave you know stay on your own canoe stay on your own stream well, each one of us is amazing yeah i love that thank you so much lisa it's been such a pleasure talking to you yeah. I'm going to put a link to your website in, um, in all of the links so that everybody can come because you've got a, a, a suite of different support that you can give and your showreel is, is fabulous as well. I mean, you just Thank you. You listen to your showreel over and over again and, you know, that's it. Oh, bless you. That's really kind because it's, it's been interesting actually coming from Australia where I did a lot of work in the media and TV to coming to the UK where I'm like, nobody wants me. So it's been really interesting. So thank no. you. Well, I hope that this gives you a platform because honestly, I think that we need more of this and I think we need safe spaces don't we and and yes. people that we feel safe with to be able to open up so um Beautiful. yeah I'm massively in favor of doing it so anything that helps women just be there who they are is, is super beautiful so. lovely thank you thank you to everybody who's so listening much. as well
Yeah, thanks to everybody. Yeah, and, and what a great way to start series two. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, thank you for your time. Um, and to everybody listening today, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be back again. And uh, yeah, stay well, stay safe and stay brave.